You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs get it in over the line. Matthews in. Scores! It's not nil-nil anymore. The Leafs get the opening goal right off the face-off. Eight seconds into the period. Loved how Austin went out and took charge of the game. Now he tries to get it in front. He does! They score! Matthews! Good puck retrieval here by Budging. And Matthews is Johnny on the spot. Yeah, Austin took over. Got a man going hard to the front of the net. He scores! Mitch Marner! Short-handed! Never mind the penalty! All's good that ends well. Rebound free, set at an empty net, right in the middle of it! Mark Giordano! Well, you always said a team needs good icers. <laughs> Happy Friday, everyone, and what better way to start the weekend than with a big Maple Leafs win over the Winnipeg Jets, and it might not have been as chippy of a game, A.B., as we anticipated, but uh, it, it definitely, fans got their money's worth last time. Lots of celebrities in the building, a 4-1 win for the Leafs, like I just mentioned, Austin Matthews with a big night, just an overall great evening at Scotiabank last night. That guy last night did some things that uh, we haven't seen all season. He looked more like the vintage Austin Matthews that we grew to love last season, right? The guy who won the Ted Lindsay, the Hart Trophy, and obviously the the, the Rocket Richard. And with a two-goal performance, I still think he's out of it. Like, I, if he wins the Rocket this year, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous if he can go on that type of pace. But the fact that he's back to be in this you know, goal scorer that he was before, and he's three takeaways last night, a couple block shots, few hits, like he was doing a little bit of everything in that game, and Sheldon Keefe said it. He really took over and said, get on the back, boys. We're going to win this game against the Jets. And, well, that's what happened. Came with yeah. two points. Yeah, so I guess if we had to really pick out the two big stories from last night, it would be Austin Matthews scoring once again. He scored in all of the games uh, that he's participated in since he took those couple off, helping that injury uh, heal a little bit faster. So it was obviously beneficial to him. And then Ilya Samsonov's play, A.B. Samsonov on the ball last night and especially especially exciting and especially welcome welcome after Matt Murray had a tough night and, and Samsonov came in in relief earlier this week. Yeah, he's rolling right now. I mean, he was fantastic in the relief performance on Tuesday and just kept that kind of rhythm going into the game last night, especially in the first period. Like, it, that could have been a 3-1 hockey game after the first wasn't for, for either. Yeah, like, he first had to specifically. Stand on his head and, and made some real, like, 10 bell saves. He, he really did make some big, big stops on, uh, on, on the Winnipeg Jets to, to just keep the team in it. And that's what you need sometimes. From your goaltender, you know, like it wasn't a perfect game out of Toronto last night. No. But, you know, when you get good goaltending, it allows you, it, it affords you time to find your game. And they eventually did and then played well. The thing is, they were opportunistic too. Like the Maple Leafs, you know, they were outshot heavily in that game and even like the shot attempts. So if you go and you look into the, the numbers, as we like to do, yeah. the, the Corsi and like all the, like they they weren't fantastic, right? Like the, the shot share was really swayed in direction of the Winnipeg Jets, but 
We look at the quality. I think Toronto did a good job of worrying about quality instead of quantity last night. And when you look at it from an offensive perspective, I think that was the case. And even defensively, like if you look at the heat map, there's not a whole lot in front of Ilya Samsonov that he had to face um, like directly in front of him. There was some perimeter stuff, obviously, but overall yeah. I thought that the team actually played a, a pretty solid game. Uh, just taking a look here, like the average shot distance was 34 feet from the net for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets last night. So I thought it was a pretty solid performance all around from the Leafs. Yeah, okay, you were pumping the Corsi tires there, right? maybe because we're having Travis Yost on a little bit later in the show, so we'll dig into the numbers <laughs> with him at about 105. We'll look ahead to the weekend with Kenzie Lalonde at 125, our uh, Montreal Bureau Chief, to tee up the Leafs and the Habs this weekend, which should be a good one, always a good one, even though the Habs aren't very good when it's the Leafs and the Habs well, on think, Saturday night. I think CJ's going to be down there. Little Birdie told me he's on a train ride down to Montreal, going to be in... Le Bel Santer. So. Oh, that was some of the worst well, French I've ever heard. And I feel I like know, it's an appropriate way to bring in our <laughs> TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson. CJ, I like the train move. Very it kind of hipster travel. Are you having fun? I am, actually. I mean, it's maybe not the best for the sound quality of this radio interview. But other than that, I think it's a pretty uh, civilized way to, to travel to Montreal, middle of the city to middle of the city. and yeah. Uh, Get some work done on the way on my laptop, so it's uh, no complaints at all. Smooth ride so far. Well, have you, do you do that often, or is this just like a, a treat, or is it because your, your hand, I guess, you don't want to be driving with the hand? Uh, no, this is this is just, uh, I, I guess, like over the years, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, this, I'm actually just going down there this weekend for a personal weekend, so, um, you know, not, not working or anything like that, and I just thought it's, it's a little bit easier not to have to get on a plane and, and deal with Ubers and all that. So that's that's how I arrived here. I like that it. Makes sense. RTSN Hockey Insider Chris Johnson on his way to Montreal right now. Leafs have the Habs this weekend. And last night, Austin Matthews, CJ, you were in the building for this, uh, scored in his fourth straight game. He took a couple games off to help with a, an injury that had been ailing him for, from what we understand, quite a while. And had his first multi-goal game since November 5th. Yesterday, and like... I'm not going to big brain this and act like me and Al's brother are some geniuses for sitting here and saying, hey, maybe the guy that got 60 goals last year is heating up right now because it's not a super hot take. But are you try- are you starting to see from Austin Matthews what uh, what we've come to expect of him? Yeah, and I think it's not just that he scored. It's sort of the way he scored, how yeah. uh, in- involved he looked in the game. You know, seven shots on net, I believe it was. Uh, was just all over the puck all night. And, and, and you know, I think that it's a really encouraging sign, you know, given that he did have to, to take you know, the, the first game was kind of maintenance for his body and then ended up missing a second game uh, after, after you know, getting the flu bug that went through the Leafs dressing room. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that he, he responded so well after getting that little break is, is a positive for the team. And remember, there's another one coming up. I mean, he's he going to the All-Star game, and so he'll be uh, down in South Florida, but then the Leafs do have their, their, their bye week right after All-Star. And so, you know, it's only a couple more weeks of games, and then there's another break coming up for Matthews. And, and you know, I think just managing um, his energy, his, his body, you know, the same as a lot of players at this stage of the season is important. And, and uh, you know, both pretty well for him maybe to have a stronger second half production-wise uh, than we saw in the first half, and obviously with an idea of uh, being ready to go when the playoffs start. 
Well, it's funny because you look at this team and how well that they've done with Matthews being, you know, just at the star level that he's been this year. He's still been really good, 24 goals. But do you think that this team has, like, another gear that they can get to if he gets back to being that superstar Ted Lindsay winning self? I, I think so, and, and I think it's reasonable to expect it to come, you know, off of Matthews' stick, you know, quite frankly. I mean, he's he scored a little bit below the, the pace he's established throughout his career this, this season. I don't know if some of that was shooting luck or the injuries or a combination therein. But, you know, if, if there's one area where I, I look at the Leafs game and see some room for improvement, I would say it, it's the goal score. Um, you know, there's, there's a trade-off to me made, too, though. I mean, they've, they've improved dramatically in their results defensively this year, whether you look at shots against, you know, high-danger chances against, uh, even even the goals against, um, you know, have all been down from, from where they were last year. And so that's, that, that's the positive. I, I do think that there's an ability for them to be a little bit more dynamic offensively. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know, you know, exactly where the trade-offs will, will come for that. But, um, you know, certainly I, I think that, you know, we're going to be talking about them targeting a forward to be a little bit more dangerous offensively, and, and maybe some of the, the solutions will be in-house because, you know, I do think Austin's got another level that, that he can play at. Is it dramatic of me, CJ, to be a little bit sad that he made the last man in vote at the All-Star game this year because I would have really liked to see him get that extra weekend of rest? I mean, that's, that's fair. I, I think, you know, he actually, from my understanding, is he, he wants to be there. Um, I think that, that what's kind of cool about the, the newer generation of stars, of which I'll put them in, versus the one that came before, is they actually seem to really enjoy the All-Star Weekend and have fun with it. Yeah. You know, he's, been, he's been all six years that he's been eligible to go. Obviously, the one, the one season they didn't have an All-Star game during COVID, but he's six for six in terms of his eligibility to go to the game and, and you know, has never thought about skipping it. You know, we just didn't see that the Crosby Ovechkin era didn't seem kind of fallen out of favor. So, I can understand why you might feel that way, but you know, I think it's it's cool that he wants to be there. He wants to be among his peers. Um, you know, he wants to be among his peers, doing what he can. And and you know, it's not really it's not really that taxing or, or difficult for him. I think it's you know, it, it's played at quarter speed, and then there's going to be some beach time and sun time. And as I said, I think it's five or six days after the All Star break before the Leafs play again. So he's going to get uh, some rest there too. Are you ready to see Mitch Marner play number one defense on <laughs> Team Atlantic at the All-Star Game? Not a single defenseman on Team Atlantic. I mean, that's such a failure. In my, how are you going to represent the game and not have one of the three positions on one of the teams? Well, and it's crazy when you look at the, the division because, you know, you've got Victor Hedman who's won multiple Norris trophies in the division. Uh, you got Dahlien. Rasmus Dahlien who I think, you know, probably will get a fair number of Norris votes. When all is said and done uh, this season, um, you know, I think he'll be in consideration for the best defenseman. So, you know, I don't get too bent out of shape about it. I think, you know, it would have been more of a travesty to not have David Pasternak and Austin Matthews probably at the game. And, and I know there's some William Nylander fans who would rightly point out that he's had a fantastic year and probably, you know, could yeah. be at that game as well. So, you know, no one's, no one's going to the game to watch defense. So, you know, Mitch Marner, uh, remember, he's been used by uh, Sheldon Keith at one point that he could play defense. Uh, now we'll get to see it. Yeah, I honestly love true. that line. I feel like I should have no one comes to the game to watch de- uh, defense, like, painted on my wall. That's my new favorite thing. Uh, with our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson, right now. And Mitch Marner extended his home point streak to 20 games last night. He- he's been such a star this year. And, and while we've had moments where we've said, oh, 
William Nylander's had a moment where he's uh, gone a little bit quiet. Austin Matthews was a little bit quiet for a period of time. John Tavares has been consistent, but even he, we've said a couple times, has been a little bit quiet during certain stretches. Mitch Marner's consistency to me feels like maybe the most impressive part of his tear this year. What's What impresses you most of the pace he's been on this season? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it's maybe not as many like three or four or five point nights, you know, last year when he, when he had such a fantastic season with the production, but the fact that it's just been so consistent and, um, you know, that's, that's difficult to do. I mean, I think that's the mark of, you know, a real superstar in his own right. And, you know, even stringing together that long point streak, uh, home and away that he, that he had earlier in the year, uh, you know, got into some pretty rarefied air with the names he kept company with, with that. I mean, that's, that, that's, um, you know, I think been, been important and he's done it while still playing an important defensive role for the team. I mean, it's, it's kind of sort, sort of unique his abilities, I think, to, to make, you know, such a big impact, uh, both, uh, ends of the ice. And, and, you know, this is why as much as, you know, everyone can point to the, you know, what's happened in the playoffs for the team over the years, I think it's still why we, we should be so optimistic about their chances. I mean, they, they don't, they, they, you know, you go to the playoffs, there's going to be times when, when every star, you know, isn't, isn't producing just because, you know, it's kind of the nature of the game for a period of time. But I think the Leafs have so many different guys that, that could, could step up and, and, and make a difference. And let's face it, I just think the odds suggest one of these playoff years, they're going to have two or three of them going really hot and, and, in a series and, and it's going to be overwhelming for their opposition. So, you know, I, I think that, that Marner's continued to grow his game and, and, I mean, we, we know what all these guys are now. They're established stars, and if anything, you know, improving, I, I'd say Neil Anders' case, you'll see more consistency from him. I know he went six games recently without a goal, but, um, you know, I think all in all, uh, these guys have all come into their own, and, and that's that's the reason the Leafs, you know, frankly, have one of the best chances in the league still to, to chase the Stanley Cup. In conversation with Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider, uh, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you think the goaltending situation might be this weekend. Uh, Ilya Samsonov came in for relief of Matt Murray the other night, played exceptionally, and then rolled it into a really good performance last night. I mean, I think he, if he wasn't on his game in the first period, I think the Jets could have maybe got out to a pretty good start and ran away with that thing. Do you think that they keep rolling and, and allow his rhythm to really keep building here and get him another start on Saturday, or do you think they go back to Matt Murray? You know, it's one of the, the first times that I felt like it's a really intriguing call. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it, it seemed a, a lot, you know, first of all, they, the start of the year they weren't healthy at the same time for stretches, and then they each had some struggles. But, you know, this is a point in time where, you know, we I kind of thought maybe Matt Murray would be taking the net and playing more, and, and yet, you know, he starts the game and gets pulled this week. You know, Samson has just been so good. Um, you know, it, this, this might be the time they go back to him. I mean, I, I, I could see a case for – for riding the hot hand, you know, they, they, you know, Sheldon Keith has mentioned too. He'd like to see Matt Murray get some more starts at home ice. Maybe it makes sense to have Samson go Saturday, and then start Murray back Monday. Uh, you know, when they return home next week. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of fascinated by this because you know, as we get into the second half, of course, what's going to be on our mind is who's who's going to be carrying the mail when when the playoffs start. Who's going to, you know, get those most important starts of the year and and. So ultimately, we may see both of those guys in a playoff series. It's entirely possible that that happened a lot last year. If you remember, most teams that, that were in the playoffs last year used both their goalies at some point. Um, but you know, maybe we're seeing Samsonov nose ahead, at least in the in the in the, the race we're watching right now, uh, because he's just been so good and especially so dominant in the game at Scotiabank Arena. 
Yeah, this is the first game that I'm I'm really, really intrigued to see who Sheldon Keefe opts to put between the pipes. And most of the other games I, I haven't been uh overly enthralled by knowing, but this one it could really you can make an argument to to start either guy. With our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson right now, and in terms of injury updates, Lilligren is skating today, so that's good news for the Leafs after he took that puck to the head last night. He's at practice right now, but you provided an, an update or kind of more of a reminder situation uh, about Jake Muzzin on insider trading last night. What's the latest there, and if it sounds like, well, what's the latest there, and, and maybe how do you think it'll affect the Leafs at the deadline? Well, I think the best way to sum it up is it doesn't sound like much has changed since November in, in terms of, you know, it, it still doesn't look as though Jake Muslin's going to be in a position to resume his, his NHL playing career. Um, you know, he's, he's maintained a real presence around the team. He's, he's gone on the road with them. He's, he's behind the scenes. I think he's providing, you know, some of his thoughts and what he's seeing the teammates and the coaching staff. Um, you know, but it, 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 it was just for me that it's going to take, you know, something akin to a miracle for him to actually be able to, try to get back and play, and, and he'll have a, a specialist follow-up appointment uh, in the next few weeks here, you know, where I think that there'll be even more clarity on exactly where things are at, and, you know, why that's significant is because you know, the Leafs, I think, have wanted to be respectful of him, of course, and, 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 you know, allow him to go through his own process in terms of figuring out what he wants to do with his career and, and you know, where that goes, and, and, you know, obviously by March 3rd and, and, and truthfully in advance of that for the trade deadline, they're going to need to know if there's any hope at all that he play again this season. And so I, I'd say that, you know, based on what I can tell, that that's, the, the odds of that are not particularly high. And, you know, that, that kind of sets a little bit in, in, in motion what, what Toronto can do because, you know, the, unless something, uh, unless there's a surprise to be had here when, when he sees the specialist, you know, the, the Leafs are going to know with some certainty that they have, uh, you know, that the cap space with, you know, his contract being on long-term injury reserve for the balance of the season. So if that's the case, and if they get the the news that you know Jake Muzzin won't be returning for the year, do you think that the Leafs should be targeting a Muzzin-like replacement at the deadline? Would that be kind of number one on your trade options potentially? You know, I'm I'm more in the camp that I think that they should put most of whatever cap space they're able to carve out, you know, into the forward position. Um, you know, I think when you look at what's happened to this team in the playoffs, and and you know, I mentioned this in earlier question i mean I, I just think that the, the, the scoring at times has abandoned them and so you know if they could, could do something to add to their depth maybe to solidify the top six and you know bump players like kelly Yarncroft or, or you know alex kerfoot sort of permanently into the bottom six i think that that would serve the balance of the team best myself i, I think that you know what we've seen really last year you know lilligren took a step forward i think he's probably taken another step forward this year you know you have the emergence of sandine I know Giordano's uh, the age he is, and, and you have to be careful with how many minutes he plays, but he's still been so strong, you know, to my eyes. Yeah. Oh, we might be losing. CJ journeying the, the country. Might be hitting the dead spot. It's somewhere between Toronto and Montreal. See if you can get him back there, Chris. But uh, he's definitely hit a little bit of a dead spot there. Um but, yeah, so it's interesting. He's still team forward, still believes that this team needs to get themselves a forward in the mix somewhere. I, well, yeah. It, okay, so the Pierre Lebrun hit on overdrive yesterday made me feel like I didn't – like less like I have to pick a side, A.B. So here's here's where I'm starting to look at, too. 
like Jake Muzzin, I think we like the, the size is certainly something that that's important, and I think the getting that back into the lineup might be important. But what he also is like, the least penalty kill has not been as strong as it was a year ago, and I wonder how much the absence of Jake Muzzin, who is a great penalty killer for him the last couple of seasons, has been that way. Do we have you back, CJ? Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get him. He's, he's, That's okay. he's probably at a dead spot. He's but on the like, world I, tour. He is. He's on. I was gonna sucks too. I was gonna ask him about. Uh, I got into a situation last night. The guy <laughs> you got into a situation. Me, it wasn't really a situation that I was in, but the guy next to me, at, up in the press box, man, was he uh, was he having himself a ten course meal? In okay, who was box. it though? Like you can see, drop names. I don't know who it was. There was a lot of random characters at this game last night. I'm telling you. That's so weird. Like typically, typically when we're up in the booth, like I, I've... Like you know, you know I, the regular crowd. I know the regular crowd. I at least recognize people's faces, right? It's like, okay, I know who you are. I know you who you are. You write for this publication. You work for this station. You're with us. Is, like Craig Bubb was there last night. Had a great chat about him uh, or with him last night. Talked a little Lawson Kraus, I might add. But, yeah, this cat next to me, I swear to God, he had a 10-course meal. Julia, would like you like what? Tell me about it. Walk me through. Walk me I through will, a 10-course meal. So can I tell you, like, I'm on the opposite side of this spectrum. Like, way, like, maybe more embarrassing. Like I've been to a eat. lot of Leaf games. I've had one water in that press box. What? I've had one bottle of water in that press box, and that's it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so embarrassing, this, but say love This gentleman did have a bottle of water on top of this list right here. You ready for it? Is this from your notes last night? Like, you were sitting there at that Leaf game taking notes, and everyone around you thinks you're so engaged in the game and and, yeah. and watching the play, and you were really just, like, taking stock of the guy's muck fest next to you? Taking, taking photos and sending it to Frankie, being like... You were not taking photos of this guy! Right I, I will tell you what the menu was for this gentleman, which I don't know who he was. He he was a must have been from the Winnipeg crowd, not too sure. Three slices of pizza, two sacks of popcorn, three bags of munchies, which one was stuffed in his pocket for the road, two Oreo ice cream sandwiches, a what? bottle of water, and two cans of iced tea. Oh my gosh! So and, usually they they don't they you don't they don't mix in the opposing team's media like the, like usually it's like Toronto's media is on one half and and the opposing team's well, media Canadian, is on the other. Canadian half. teams travel like the, for those Canadian teams. A lot of those guys they they travel. It's a big contingent. And I think he was one of the one of the Winnipeg. One of the but Winnipeg he was, ghouls. But the worst part was he was complete ninja dust in the third period. That was all through like two periods, maybe the first five minutes, and then just gonzo. He had a, a leftover sack of popcorn. He had the munchies in his pocket, got up, left. <laughs> I love that for him. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where he went. Maybe that's where the... Ew. You think he just was like a rogue fan that snuck in and heard that the food was good in the press box? Like, I don't know. I, that's hilarious. Oh, it's not. It's, it's really one of the junkier food press boxes in the <laughs> league. But, uh, yeah, I could not believe the performance that this individual was putting on last night in the press box. Like, to me, I feel like two slices is common courtesy. You grab two. Just grab yeah. a third slice seems a little much. Insane. Like Insane. you can go back and grab an extra one, but if you have if you're walking around with three slices on your plate, I feel like people would be looking at me. I just couldn't do it.
I couldn't do it. No. No, I'd rather get I, back I for the extra slice afterwards. Yeah, I, I'm I'm on that team as well. Because then it looks like you took one. Then then you get then you get the skinny looks. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I've never got one of those. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, it's like wow, only one slice. It's like yeah, I I've been three before this, but that's nobody's business. <laughs> that's between me AB. and God. Yeah. See, my mine's more. A B on a diet. No, I had three already. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, but if you do it in increments, like you can lie about it all day. I love that. That's true. That's true. Um, I I do want to pick back up on that quick conversation though that we were having about uh, about Jake Muzzin. Um, Yeah. Because you know I was the the penalty kill just hasn't been as strong this year as it was a season ago, and I do wonder how much of a presence, like how much of his presence is being missed there since Christmas. It's it's operating. It's twenty fourth in the league at seventy three. Point seven percent, and I just like there's just filtering in a bunch of different guys. Like I was watching it last night, and Kyle Connor, his goal came on the power play. It was a five on three, granted, but like the 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 characters they're throwing out there. Like don't get me wrong, you know Morgan Riley, he's been killing penalties for a while. Timothy Lilligren, I think that he's a capable penalty killer, but they're not Jake Muzzin, you know. Like and he was a a solid yeah. penalty killer, and I feel like that's the one of the elements that this team is missing is one of those rock solid defensive defensemen who can kill penalties. And we know we've gotten into that Gavrikov conversation a couple of times this week, and I think he's someone who might be able to, to, to plug and play into that PK. Ilya Labushkin was kind of that player last year. You could kind of plug into that penalty kill, and it allowed, you know, they had success. So although I, I understand the argument where in years past, scoring is kind of dried up for this team, and having an extra one would be able to help, but at the same time, special teams are so key so key, and, and when you're allowing goals on the power play, when you're shorthanded, those can come back to bite you just as much. Uh, that's, that's like one of the things that has been going through my mind a little bit. It's not just his presence at 5-on-5. Five five, it's also this team needs a little bit of penalty kill help on the back end, the blue line specifically. Yeah, okay, so that leads us, Chris, that's a great idea right now. Uh, let's play this clip from LeBron on OD yesterday, because oftentimes it's been a debate among Leafs Nation. Is it going to be a forward? Is it going to be a defenseman? Pierre LeBron says it could potentially be both. I think the Leafs are going to be busy. You know, you know. I think that, you know, low-key and, 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 you know, they don't like having their business uh, speculated on out there, but let's not kid ourselves here. This is the front office that knows that this is it. I mean, they got to win. And I would not be surprised if they added on D, added up front, and maybe even added twice up front. Um, hmm. I could see a top six winger. I could see a bottom nine forward. I could see a D depth. I, I, like, I think they're going to be uber aggressive. Uber aggressive? Like, that's what you like to hear. And the fact that you maybe don't have to choose between being on camp, should they add a forward to hopefully get. Uh, somebody a little bit grittier in front of the net, a power forward type that that's going to score those gracie goals in the playoffs when the when the gorgeous Austin Matthews goals that we saw last night aren't as easy to get in the postseason yeah. when we know the game changes a lot. Or that gritty defenseman, like maybe the Leafs won't have to choose. Yeah, I, I, the problem is, can they get like the cap is going to be the issue there, right? Like if right. you're going out and you're getting a guy who makes a lot of money just as, like, your top defenseman, let's say. I mean, like, I don't know. If if we're talking about, like, Ryan O'Reilly, you're kind of spending that cap money, and you won't be able to go out and get one of these top-end defenders as well. So you might be able to get yeah. some fringe guys, you know, and, and some other players who play those types of roles. But are they an upgrade to what you have right now? 
you know, it's this is it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting thing to track over the next little bit to see what Kyle Dubas is up to. Um, but it sounds as though, like CJ had mentioned just before, we kind of lost him there. Um, you know, the the team is going to have more clarity shortly once they know exactly what's going on with Jake Muzzin when he does do that that checkup in, in February. And then if they get the, the news that maybe some of us are expecting that he won't be returning to the team this year, it'll give yeah. them clarity and allow them to realize, okay, do we need to replace this guy officially? Or do we like the mix that we have now? And do we need to add up front? And those conversations can really start to, to get delved into, I guess, uh, you know, around now, I guess. But you can actually make those moves once you have that that uh, that information about Jake Muzzin. All yeah. right, uh, let's get back into last night's game. On the other side, we're going to get to some stays and some goes. Travis Yost going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour, as will Kenzie Lalonde. Leafs are in uh, Montreal. Hopefully Kenzie's not on the same train that lost service <laughs> while we were calling. Maybe she's uh, she has some good service out in Montreal. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll tee up that game with her at one twenty-five. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashery. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN ten fifty. Now back to Leafs Lunch on TSN ten fifty. The Leafs live here. I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. I want you to stay. Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. It was a 4-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets at home. The Leafs sweep the season series versus the Jetties. It wasn't as uh, vicious of a game, maybe, as maybe we were expecting, but but a major win nonetheless, and, and lots of stays from this one. Yeah, remember we were, we were hyping it, and then I took a pause. I'm like, ah. You, you really did. It's going to be one of these games that we're overhyping a little bit. It kind of turned out to be that way. It was an we were kind of, game. Yeah, you're right. We were but kind of prophetic yesterday in like the Austin Matthews heating up and then, wait a second, we're hyping up this game. Does that mean it's going to fall flat on its face? We're speaking yeah. like prophecies yesterday, AB. It was, it was a good game, though. But it, I think yep. the thing that I want to see stay and probably the best – thing to pull out of it was that Austin Matthews looked like last year's Austin Matthews, right? That Ted Lindsay yeah. Hart Trophy winner. Um, obviously, the the two goals that he had scored were very Austin Matthews-esque and, you know, making some really great plays. Like, that, just absolutely making Mark Schleifley look like a fool, putting the puck between his legs off that goal yeah. was awesome. And then there was the one... Mark Scheifele where... was, like, looking like a fool. <laughs> like, he, was he was acting a bit of a, a mess fool. last night. Yeah, I bet you there's nothing worse than losing to the Leafs in Toronto with your friends and family <laughs> in town, by the way, Mark. Um, but, yeah, man, <laughs> Matt was, was great last night. You know, some big-time shot blocks also. The loudest I think the crowd got last night was in the third period when Austin Matthews made that shot block, and Jordy Ben didn't have a stick for that entire play. So the fact yeah. that Matthews, like, had to go down and make that play because – 
really they were like down a defenseman, so it seemed, and uh, really kind of took away an opportunity there for. And I mean, that was a time where the Jets were pressing too. So that was almost yeah. like. Even it, though it, it was cringeworthy it to watch when you're like watching Austin Matthews block shot, he's got his arms out. I'm I like, honestly do not take that anywhere ugly. I don't mind. I, I love it. I love. Oh, that I don't mind. But tell me, it doesn't it. make you go, "Oh my gosh, please don't hurt yourself, my friend." Well, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. It's what makes him great. Like had a game high four blocks last night. I love it. Yeah. Seven shots on goal. Two hits. Three takeaways. Like he just had an overall. Terrific game last night. Really, he, he took over. We heard that in the opening montage. Austin took over that game last night and said, hop on the back, boys. We're going to get the full two points tonight in this barn. No chance we're going home with an L because there's nothing better than beating the Jets, I'm sure is what they were saying in the locker room afterwards. So um, Ted Lindsay-esque Austin Matthews, that can stay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just that g- game breaker effect from him, you know, like he he's he's had moments this year, flashes of scoring those pretty goals, and and like CJ said, it wasn't the fact that he scored two, it was the way that he scored two, and really two goal scorers goal moments. But it was to me more about the fact that he was the game breaker. Like when he was at his best last year, he was the difference maker in in multiple games, and and. Correct me, A.B., if I'm wrong, but last night was the first night that it really felt like he was the factor in, in winning that game. Yeah. Samson like aside, of course. It's been, like, few and far between where he's looked like the best Leaf on the ice. It, it yeah. Has been less Maybe that speaks to how games. good Marner's been this year. Maybe that speaks to how good Willie's been this year yeah, and JT, too. Absolutely uh, does. That's not a, that's not a, a slight on Austin. No, not at all. He's played bad. Like I was saying with CJ, he's still playing at a star level. But this is a superstar who has high expectations. Yes. And last night he fulfilled his expectations and what we what we've come to expect from him based on because he was doing this every night last year. Every like how crazy night. did the building go last night when he got that oh, first one? Oh, uh, just really insane! Like the building went. There was a big pop. But I'm telling you, it's the shop block. The big shop block is probably the loudest pop that that building got. Was when he went and and you know. A, a, a blue-collar, workman's-like mentality. I'm putting my body on the line to stop this. And, you know, the crowd appreciated that. And, and they showed them love for it. I, 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 That's what I do appreciate about the Toronto crowd. They get they it. They, they like. do get it. They, they yep. know what they want. They know what they like. It's like, that's great they're scoring 60 goals. But uh, when you're blocking shots, like, that just, mwah, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Oh, let's actually play this clip from from Sheldon Keefe talking about when Austin Matthews was blocking, was blocking shots because he he was emulating my vibes more here. Ab, you know, he does what it takes to help us win games and and uh, shows up in different ways. Uh, I'm not sure where he sits in the league and block shots and all that for for forwards, but uh, he's a guy that you know that's no issue getting in the way of shots and sometimes he maybe. Um, Squint a little bit when you those hit them there. Like those are dangerous, uh, but uh, yeah, just doing what it takes to help us win. I haven't heard actually. Um, we're hopeful. You know, it's just like he just got puck in the face and was a little bit stunned by that. So I'm not sure there's any damage in terms of a cut or anything, but he was, you know, having to go through the proper uh, protocols. 
Right. So that was at the end there. He was talking about Timothy Lilligren, who we've since learned is at practice today. So sounds like everything's good there and the Leafs, Leafs won't lose yet another defenseman in the in the pandemic this year. That is Leafs defenseman just dropping left, right and center. It looks like that might be knock on wood, A.B. behind us. But yeah, Austin Matthews blocking shots last night and... Uh, Sheldon Keefe was just saying he's not sure exactly where he sits among forwards in block shots. Second, A.B., confirmed? I am currently looking that up as we speak. Sorry, I didn't know. I didn't even know when I put you on the spot by accident, but I think we said this morning <laughs> no, it's second. It, it is. I just want to know what the exact number is, but I, right. it is second and it's uh, third in the NHL, actually, because on St. Kopitar, I think, uh, must have surpassed him after the game. But afterwards, it was second. But now third in the NHL, 53 Block shots, Kopitar 54 is in second. Nick Bonino has 60 block shots, actually. Uh, he's first. So top three in the NHL among all forwards in block shots, um, and that's at all strengths. Imagine if he was killing penalties. Probably would have a couple more block shots, like a majority of that yeah. five on five. I'm actually curious. I'm going to look at five on five to see if he might be number one in the NHL when it comes to shots blocked at five on five. Because, uh, like, Kopitar, he kills penalties. I believe Bonino kills penalties so he could be number one if we're looking at five on five block shots let's see if my computer wants to load for me properly look at that number one in the league in block shots at five on five among wow austin matthews snaps and claps yeah that's amazing uh second in the league in, in drawn penalties Michael Bunting, that's a transition I decided to use there. But Michael Bunting's play as of late is a major stay for me. He's such a factor when he's engaged in the emotional half of the game. And he was that. And it's not just, it's not like last night with Mark Shifley was isolated, though it was one of the most epic screaming matches I've ever seen in an NHL game. Like, that was a screaming match. Like, Bunting was infuriated on the bench uh, after Lilligren took that puck to the head and Mark Shifley didn't like that. the whistle had. Bl- Am I reading that situation right? I so that's what happened there. See, I thought I was going to see a little bit of fireworks. Like I tweeted it. I think like during. So Lilligren got up, went to the the uh, skated off the ice and went down the tunnel, and then they had a, a commercial break. So they came out with the shovels and started, you know, wiping the ice. Yeah. And through the entire break, Mark Shifley was beacon at the Leafs bench. And now up in the press box, I couldn't tell who he was having an argument with, but Michael Bunting ended up being the, the player, which, no surprise, it's it's Michael Bunting. The guy uh, uh, definitely doesn't bite his tongue when he's up there on the ice. Um, but I thought maybe we were going to see something happen, because when games get... Like, when games get away from you, and at that point, I think it was 3-1, and a little later in the game, it, it may have been over at that point. I thought, oh, maybe we could see some some rough stuff, like Winnipeg just start to take liberties because the game's over, we're taking the out, we might as well you know, beat you on the ice from a physical perspective. But, uh, well, it, it didn't end up happening, which actually I'm thankful for because there would have been no point in that at, at that point when the game's over. But, yeah, uh, yeah Michael Bunting, he's not afraid to... No, it was the Boston game. He was he was in it emotionally in the Detroit game. He was in Florida. it like that. He's been Drop real in Florida. Yep, you're so right. He's been so engaged emotionally lately. He's been a real factor in these games. Of course, he got the two primaries on Austin's two goals last night. So contributing offensively as well. Like Bunting had a quiet quiet stretch. Like he was good to start the season, if I if my memory serves me, AB, and then he went through a quiet stretch, and then he had that point streak, like an eight game or nine game, ten game point streak or something to that effect. And now I feel like he's really returned to the rhythm that he found himself in last year when he was your 
Calder, darling. Yeah. That's really upsetting that he did Yeah, he says sadly. I was like the saddest I've ever heard you on this show. I, I still think that he deserved it. I mean, the guy had just as much production at 5-on-5 five five as Connor McDavid. That's not per 60. He had better per 60 minutes. That's legitimate points at 5-on-5. Five five. Anyways, I digress on that one. But, yeah, Michael Bunting, I mean, it was funny because coming into the year, I, I don't know if we were questioning if last season was an anomaly. Like, could he do it again? Or is he was last season just, like, a, a really good year for him? I mean, he's proving once again, no, I'm, I can – be a 50 to 60 point guy and i think it's it's great that he can also add those other elements of edginess to the game as well uh also got to give some love obviously to, to Ilya samsonov last night he yeah was, he was brilliant if he wasn't as good as he was in the first period that would have been a completely different hockey game 37 saves uh, a 3.48 goal saved above expected and also when did the maple leafs games become a star studded of i felt like right it was, it was like the night. gardens like it was like it was crazy. Uh, Madison Square Gardens last night. Yeah, you had the Blue Jays in the house. Vladdy got a big pop, I'll say that. Jason Priestley was there. Daryl Sittler, Cujo. Craig J. Button was up in the press box. He that I nice haven't little... seen Craig J. in the Leafs press box. That's a, he, that's a cool sighting. He does some uh, he does some like Winnipeg Jets work with TSN, right? I think he's on yeah. the Jets broadcast. So I think he was in there and doing some some uh, some hits, I believe, is is what he was doing up in there. But um, he was just kind of in there, you know, chewing the fat with some high end hockey executives. Love it. And uh, yeah, it was good to see. But yeah, really, a star studded affair last night. Yeah. Everybody, Wanted to get a glimpse at at this game. We have to give that uh, Mitch Marner rip shorthanded some love as well. We oh. haven't mentioned it yet, but that shot might have been his his it, just in terms of a clean shot, his nicest goal like that this year. I was expecting some sort of sauce over to was it Camp that was coming with him? I don't know who it was, uh, yeah, but he, he I think he had Camp with him, and I thought he was just like. The goalie, just like Hellebuck, probably thought that he was going to make a move for the past clean, absolute rip of a shot. So Mitch Marner just continuing his tear, A.B. Absolutely. 20 straight Leaf home games with a point. It's uh, it's really a, a terrific terrific stat and a great feat. It just a beacon of consistency is what this guy's become. It's quite impressive. Um, not a whole lot to uh, of goes, I guess, but one that I... You know, especially in the third period, just some sloppiness in the defensive end. A couple of times where you have a chance to get get the puck out of the zone and just unable to do so. And it allowed the Jets to really sustain some pressure. And luckily, again, Samsonov played so well. that uh, And the shot blocking, too. I think they had like 19 block shots as a team last night. Uh, 16, 16 block shots as a team last night. And, you know, so, but you don't want to put yourselves in the situation where you need to be doing that, right? Yeah. Get the puck out the first time, and <laughs> you don't have to worry about blocking shots and guys like Timothy Lilligren taking pucks to the face or Austin Matthews getting hit in the wrist, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, I, I think that uh, just you know, a little sloppiness still in their own end. Clean that up going forward, and uh, hopefully they can do that tomorrow against the Montreal Canadiens. Yep, absolutely. I'm uh my last go is not game related, but it is whatever. I don't know if we were all fooled by the algorithm or or what the 411 is on the last man we, in voting. Do we want to get into this on the other side? Because we got to take a break. I feel like you want to chat about it. We might We, we can like yeah, let's minutes. chat on the other side. Yeah, we need a couple minutes to to chat about this. Austin Matthews did make unpack, it the all game. We'll unpack it. So congrats to Austin Matthews, but that meant that uh Bill Nye the Rishak guy Snub 
and that's what we'll unpack on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tacheri. You listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion for your chance to win a $100 Vanilla Visa prepaid card. Text the keyword LUNCH and your name to 105050. Standard text message rates apply. Welcome back. Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. We're coming off a big Leafs win over the Winnipeg Jets last night. Soon we'll start looking ahead to tomorrow night's game versus the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to have Kenzie Lalonde on a little bit later in the show uh, to tee that up. Travis Yost will join us at 105 to dig into some articles he's done about the Leafs and their their season thus far recently. Uh, but just before the break, A.B., you and I started talking about the all-star snub. And I think our friend Scott Wheeler summed it up very well because yesterday I was on this show and I was kind of looking around perusing the the – fan vote hashtags as to who I was seeing overwhelmingly. Like, we know the internet, how it works. It shows you generally, um, I don't know, like, doesn't the internet show you what you want to see most of the time or stuff you yeah, engage with the most? So, yeah, it probably looked different yeah. if you looked at it than I looked at it, but, like, I don't look at very much Montreal Canadiens content. And I was seeing a ton of Cole Caulfield. I saw a ton of William Nylander, and I saw a ton of Tim Stutzel. And our friend, Scott Wheeler... Made me feel like I wasn't crazy. So shout out to him for a lot of things, but shout out to him specifically for making me feel like I'm not crazy. He tweeted this morning. It's kind of funny that everyone agrees that they all saw on here for the All Star fan vote were incessant. Caulfield, Stutzel, Nylander tweets at the Atlantic Division results. He put results in quotation marks, which I appreciate because I think this is a conspiracy theory where Matthews Vasilevsky and Pasternak listen. Matthews Vasilevsky and yeah, hat theory got going today. Uh, I don't know. It it is blasphemous that Vasilevsky and Pasternak and and Austin Matthews weren't going to be there. There, uh, Pasternak's on a tear. Vasilevsky and Matthews are are uh, future Hall of Famers. That's why I paused. But it's, it seems egregious to call Matthews out this early in his career. But Vasilevsky definitely is, and, and Matthews probably will be as well. So it, it's like crazy to not have these individuals at All-Star game in general, but William Nylander. Like, this just felt like his year, A.B. I, really quickly, it's funny you mentioned Andre Vasilevsky as a surefire future Hall of Famer, because I actually... Remember we had... Um, who do we have on who was the Hall of Fame? Uh, Paul Paduti. Paul Paduti. I saw he put out something today saying, like, which current goaltenders are Hall of Fame worthy, and he actually had Vasilevsky as not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, interesting. And, and I don't enough. know if that's just because he hasn't done enough yet or if he doesn't anticipate him getting there. I would imagine it's based on what he's done so far, but eventually he should 1,000% get into the Hall of Fame. But anyways, because yeah. you mentioned that, I was like, yeah. oh, I, did, I saw that on You Twitter know when today. like something's about to come out of your mouth, and as soon as I was just too deep into the sentence to go anywhere else with it? Oh, I agree. <laughs> That's I, where I, I was headed. I'll be honest with you. I agree with the, with the notion that Andre Vasilevsky is 1,000% a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. I just was referencing the Paul, Paul Padudia tweeted about that today, funny enough. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, it's Austin Matthews probably should be there. Yep. And, and according to CJ, he wants to be there. He likes being there. And I think that it's better for the game if it's Austin Matthews as opposed to William Nylander. But then don't go out here and, like, give the fans a vote. And then if you're – like, I, I don't know if I believe 
that this has happened where they basically just said, nah, we're just going to put who we want in there anyway. Yeah. But, because uh, that would be some, I mean, if that comes out, that's. That would be a real conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's. You want to talk about terrible press? press try releasing the, the last man in at a time other uh, than 10.30 p.m. on a Thursday night. Come on, boys. Awesome. Figure yeah, it out. Figure it out. Silly. That is very, yeah, very silly to be doing that. But I don't get it. They could use like a nice. It, they have those gorgeous jerseys for for All Star. They confirmed that the ones we were talking about yesterday uh, are indeed the jerseys they're going to wear. They're sick. And you know what? It would have been blasphemous if Austin Matthews didn't get to wear that jersey. So, so that's that's a that's maybe a silver lining to William Delander not being able to be there. They ended up going with uh, Stu Skinner as yes. the goaltender for the Pacific. Hilarious! Uh, hilarious! We're a little bit mean, think but of, well, it is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very funny because just that's how bad the goaltenders have been in that division. Where it's like we have nobody to send. Who are we gonna send? John Gibson? No. Who are we gonna send? James Reimer? Love you, buddy, friend of the show, but no. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jacob Markstrom has been awful. Stuart Skinner was the guy they landed on to send to the All Star uh, All Star game as the second best goaltender in that division. Yeah, Stuart Skinner. We talk about goalie voodoo a lot. Like that is some some serious. Goalie By the way, voodoo. though, actually, Jack Campbell's playing a lot better of late. I don't know if you've looked into his numbers last like five games. I think he's mm. won like four. I honestly have games in a row. Yeah, four games in a really? row above. Yeah, four games straight, like a nine twenty something save percentage in those four games. Wow. Well, he's yeah. a tricky guy. Like it, I, I never. I was never camp like Jack Campbell is trash and awful, but I am camp like Jack Campbell's not a number one guy that you can expect to roll in there every single night. Yeah, and that's well, that's what they're saying right now. We'll see what uh, we'll see what he can do the rest of the way because as we know, it kind of fell apart come the new year last year. Yeah, but maybe it's a reverse season, right? He chucked the reverse Uno card, had a bad start, and he's gonna have a strong finish. Maybe that's the case. Maybe he said, nope, this year would be better in January yeah. onward and just completely He did the him. reverse Uno on him. Exactly. Uh, all right. Congratulations to Ian Hall at Halsey87 on Instagram. You have scored a pair of tickets to the Leafs versus Islanders on January 23rd. Follow at TSN 1050 on Instagram for your chance to win free Leafs tickets all season long. All right. Travis Yost still to join us. Kenzie Lalonde. Still to join us. Second hour of Loose Lunch coming up next.